0: Uh, help us to uh, just to trust you and take the steps of faith that we need to take in our lives. God, I pray that through this series and our time in small groups, Lord, that you would uh, teach us to pray. Father, I pray that you'd enable me to, to speak what you would have me to say today and enable us to uh, receive your word. We pray that your will would be done in this time. I ask that you would uh, work in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, We are uh, starting the 40 days of prayer uh, here and in small groups. And let me just go ahead and encourage you, uh, if you're not in a group, uh, to get the full effect of this. uh, It's both parts of this working together. So I'd encourage you to get plugged into a small group. Uh, You know, at the end of the service, we'll kind of show you... uh, uh, there's a form, your bulletin, you can sign up. But really, since we're starting, it probably, right now, it'd probably be even better if you know a small group leader, somebody's invited you, you want to plug in, talk to them. If you've got questions, you can see me after the service. Or on the third row right here, Rusty, raise your hand or something. Rusty's there, small groups pastor. You can talk to him, and uh, he can help you get plugged in to the right place. So, are you ready to communicate with the God of the universe? Because, I mean, we can get all fancy with it. We can talk about it and use big words and act all theological and stuff. But really, when we talk about prayer, that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about communicating with the God of the universe. And there's a place in the Gospels where uh, Jesus' uh, disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And, and really, that's the, the point Uh, of this series, this campaign of uh, doing this in the services and in small groups that we learn to pray and and not just in an intellectual sense, but we actually pray that uh, we become more effective. Uh, in, in our prayer lives. Because I would say most of us pray on some level to some degree. Uh, most of us would you know, like to talk to God, would like to hear from God, would like to see God answer prayers, right? Would like to see God move in our lives. Uh, I would seriously doubt that you're going to be here, that you're going to give your time on a Sunday morning and come if that's not the case, that uh, you don't want to just show up at church. You don't want to just call yourself a Christian, that you'd like to actually experience God and God's activity in your life, right? And so a big part of the way that that happens is through prayer. Now, sometimes maybe prayer can feel a little overwhelming. Sometimes maybe uh, it can be a little intimidating. Even it's like, you know, how do we pray? How does all this work? And, and, and I'll just say up front in this, as we start this series, I don't claim to be an expert on it to, to a large degree. I, I think there's a lot of mystery when it comes to prayer, right? God's in control, but He works through the prayers of His people. How's all that fit together? I don't know, but uh, it's what the Bible teaches us. It's what we experience. Is you know, it's like sometimes uh, skeptics say that uh, you know, answered prayer is just a coincidence and. Uh, you know, I've heard the response, well, it just it sure does seem like there's a lot more coincidences when I pray than when I, I don't. And I've found that to be true in my life. So uh, I don't know that I can explain it all to you, uh, but some things are meant to be experienced more than explained, right? How many of you really understand electricity? <laughs> but you've experienced it today, right? and are thankful for it. Uh, how many of you can explain love? But it sure is good when you experience it, right? I mean, men, how many of you can explain your wife? But she sure is good to experience, right? So, I mean, there's some things that are, you know, more meant to be uh, experienced than explained. Now, and, and I think that's, that's true when it comes to prayer, although obviously we do have to have some, some basic uh, understanding of it. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at uh, a passage of Scripture that I think gives us kind of some some basic practical guidelines for our prayer lives. And then the plan going forward is next week, uh, we're going to talk about the posture of prayer, heart attitude in approaching God. And then we're going to spend three weeks looking at the pattern of prayer in the Lord's prayer. And then we're going to talk about how prayer uh, relates to the fulfillment uh, of, of our mission. So I want you to know that anybody here can pray. I mean, if, if, if you're a Christian, God is your heavenly father, and you can call on his name, come to his presence through Jesus Christ, the son of God, with the help of the Holy Spirit. If you're not a Christian, you can call on the name of Jesus and ask him to forgive you and save you and begin a relationship with him. That's really the first prayer that we pray. But any of us uh, can pray. And, and, and I want to give you a, an example of that uh, from a little child. Uh, Ricky Varney sent this to me. I think it might have been Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, or something like that. But this is their daughter, Anaya. And so just watch this little video. And if you think you can't pray, just if she can, you can. Okay. So, so look at this. I like that. Okay. Everyone bow your head so Anaya can pray. The faith of a child, right? A child talking to a father. I mean, that, that's really what prayer is at its heart. So, uh, let, let's go to Scripture. Uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. And like I said, we're going to look at a, a passage of Scripture, three verses really. And and, and look at four practical guidelines for having an effective prayer life. So we're really going to be in verses 18 through 20. But to read it in context, I'm going to start with verse 10. Uh, You know, if you read the Bible, been around church, it's probably a familiar passage to you. It's the well-known passage about spiritual warfare. And you know, the weapons that are spiritual weapons, the armor of God, that kind of thing. And then he talks about prayer uh, at the end of uh, this. And, and so part of the context of our praying is that we're in a battle. And if we're going to stand strong in this spiritual battle that we're in because we have an enemy who's like a roaring lion who seeks whom he may devour, part of that is being strong in our prayer lives. Um, you know, be vigilant, be on guard, you know, not just fall asleep. So, here's what the Bible says, Ephesians 6, 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, in the heavenly places. Therefore, in other words, you're in this battle. Uh, it's, it's, it's a spiritual battle. You've got an enemy. You need God's strength. Therefore, this is what we do take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, he really emphasizes stand here, right? Sometimes that's all we can do, just keep standing uh, when we're in a battle. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And there's certainly a connection between faith and prayer. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And now our text for the morning. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me that, uh, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Okay, so based on these three verses, Uh, Let me give you four guidelines for us to seek to implement in our prayer lives if we're going to have an effective prayer life. Number one, we're to make prayer a consistent priority. We're to make prayer a consistent priority. Uh, Let me pose this question to us. In our lives, is prayer a top priority or is it a last priority? resort. Is prayer a top priority or is it a last resort? Meaning their prayer life basically boils down to asking God to bail us out when we get in some kind of difficulty. You know what I'm talking about, right? So is prayer a habit? I mean, do we have a set time through the day where we get alone with God and talk to him? Uh, is prayer an ongoing part of our lives? You know, you can pray anytime. You can be doing something else and, and pray. You know, you can be blessed and thank God. Uh, you know, your heart can be touched, and, and, and you can worship God, express your love uh, to Him. You can have something come up and ask God for wisdom. You can have a need and ask God uh, to meet it. You can see uh, somebody else having a problem, and you can pray for them. Uh, when we sin, we can confess that. You know, we don't have to just pray a- a- at a certain time. You know, the Bible says to pray without ceasing, kind of being somewhat of an ongoing conversation. Uh, With God. Uh, You know, maybe kind of like, you know, when we go to Honduras, uh, you know, most of us will get a phone there. And uh, so a lot of us, if we're married, you know, through the days we have opportunity, we're trying to call our spouse, uh, you know, maybe. The texting or, or, or messaging uh, our, our spouse because, you know, we want to be in ongoing communication with that person because we love that person and hopefully we miss that person when we're away from them. And that's kind of the idea of our relationship with God. It's kind of like a human relationship. You know, me and Robin, uh, we may have set times that we go on dates or that we spend time together, but then, you know, there's just ongoing communication at different times as we can throughout the day and kind of the same way in a relationship with God, there can be. Set at times, but it can be an ongoing kind of communication a- 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 as well, a priority, not just the last resort, a consistent thing, uh, not just an occasional thing. I mean, I mean think about it this way. L- let's say you go to the gym and work out once a month. Is that going to get you in shape or is that going to get you sore? It's going to get you sore, Right? Uh, I mean, if you play basketball once every three months, is that going to get you to be a good basketball player or is that going to get you hurt? Um, I mean, if you have one deep, meaningful conversation uh, with with your wife a month, is that going to get you romance or is that going to get you in the doghouse? I mean, if you decide... I didn't hear what was said. Probably don't need to. Um, If... if, uh, If you you have one deep conversation with your kids every five weeks when they're having a problem, is that going to make you a good parent? Do you think these kind of things relate to our relationship with God? I mean, look look at what the text says here. Uh, Look look back in in, in verse 18. Uh, Notice what he says. He says, praying always. And what the word always literally means in the Greek, is it means on every occasion or in every season. So what that's saying is, whatever is going on in your life, you can pray. You know, the the Bible says, it, it talks about in James, when we're happy, when we're blessed, when things are going good, it says, sing Psalms. You know, when we're blessed, uh, we recognize that God is uh, the giver of every good gift, uh, is what Scripture says. So we thank Him. We praise Him. We can always worship Him. You know, when we're hurting, we can pray. When somebody else is down and discouraged, we can pray for them. When life's good, when life's bad, the response of a child of God is to talk to their father. Uh, A a little farther on in in that verse, it, it, it talks about being watchful. And to be watchful, uh, it means to be sleepless. It it means to keep awake. A word picture would be like uh, a Marine on guard duty. Better not fall asleep. Sometimes we fall asleep spiritually, right? And I'm not sure sometimes if it's a chicken or the egg, but when we're asleep spiritually, it's connected to a lack in our prayer life. Amen? Is that true? So he says, you know, be on guard, be vigilant. Um, he, he used the phrase here, the word perseverance, which means to give constant attention to a thing. So prayer is not to be a last resort. It's to be a top priority. And, you know, with most things, if we're honest, you know the you know this saying, we get out of it what we put into it. And I think there's some truth to that in our prayer lives as well. If you're like, him, why isn't God working in my life? The Bible says we have not because we ask not. But it also says we don't have because we ask wrongly to, uh, you know, for our own lust, for our own desires. And, you know, if prayer is just treating God like, the, you know, the genie in the bottle or something like that, that's not an effective prayer life either. It's, it's, it's out of a relationship. And, and which leads uh, to the second guideline that I want to give you here, and that is, we are to personally approach God and make our request to Him when we pray. Look back at the beginning of verse eighteen. It says again here, "Praying always with all prayer and supplication." Now, in, in English, that sounds a little redundant. Why do you say "praying always with all prayer"? and supplication. I mean, what's the difference in these words? What's supplication even mean? That's kind of a big word, but why do you say praying always with all prayer? Okay, so there's more than one Greek word that refers to prayer. The the word that's translated prayer here is kind of the general word that covers all aspects of prayer. Supplication is a specific narrow word that means to ask. Okay, so supplication is included in prayer but prayer goes beyond supplication. Does that make sense? Let me say it again, just us make sure it's clear. Supplication, asking, is included in prayer, but prayer goes beyond, or there's more to prayer than just supplication or asking, okay? So we're to come to God and ask for things. Jesus said, uh, he said, pray to the Father and say, you know, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. That's part of prayer. There's nothing wrong with asking God, for things, okay, but there's more to prayer than that, okay. And, and so when he says praying with all, always with all prayer, like I said, it's a general Greek word that covers all aspects of prayer. But uh, I, I want to kind of break this word down a, a little bit, uh, you know, try not to get into the Greek too much when we when I preach. Uh, but there there are occasions I think when it's helpful, and I think this might be one of these occasions. So. The the word for prayer here is the Greek word prosuke, okay? And and it's a compound word. You can see this on the screen. The first part is pros. The second part is uke. And uh, the word pros is is a preposition, and and it means toward or or sometimes even literally face-to-face. For example, in, in John 1, 1, And talking about Jesus being eternally God, where it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. The word with there is this word pros. And and, and literally what it's saying is, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was eternally with, toward, face to face, in communion with the Father. And I think it's very instructive to us when we pray to understand that, that what we're talking about is we're talking about coming toward, coming to, coming face to face with God. At its core, prayer is relationship. And so to understand prayer, what we have to understand is what the Bible teaches us is that we're praying to our Father through God the Son, Jesus Christ, who made the way open into the presence of God through his death, burial, and resurrection, as the Holy Spirit leads and enables us to pray. Uh, the Bible says this in Hebrews ten nineteen. It says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, who is Jesus, here's the invitation, let us draw near. That's what we're doing when we pray. We're drawing near to God through Jesus Christ. We're coming in to His presence. We're having a conversation with our Father who is seated on the throne, ruling and reigning over all. Now, I think if we get this biblical concept and picture in our mind, I really think it can be revolutionary in our prayer lives. That's what we're doing when we pray. Now. The second part of this word, the word UK, uh, is an old Greek word that, that was used outside the Bible and uh, in you know, pagan religions of them offering a sacrifice, a vow, making devotion to their God. And so there's a sense when we pray, we're coming to God. And first and foremost, we're offering ourselves to him as a sacrifice. We're worshiping him. We're thanking him. We're praising him. So let me just give you this acrostic. It's not uh, original to me. I'd I'd encourage you to write this down. It's not in your notes in in, in this way. But, uh, you know, if you're looking for kind of a simple guideline when when you pray, think about this. Think about this acrostic facts. F-A-C-T-S. Um, the F stands for faith or, um, I mean, that's the way I've always heard it or in the context of what we're talking about right now. Maybe it could stand for face. We're coming face to face. We're relating to God. A stands for adoration or worship. C stands for for confession, talking about confessing our sins. T stands for thanksgiving, thanking God for what he blesses us with. And then S is supplication, asking for our needs to be met and praying for other people as well. So what do we do when we pray? We come into the presence of God. We worship him. We thank him for his blessings. Uh, We confess our sins. We have to take out the trash spiritually, just like we do at home. Or, you know, if you don't take out the trash at home, uh, the house starts to stink, right? If we don't take out the trash in our hearts, in our souls, our spirits, our souls start uh, to stink, so to speak. And, and then, you know, supplication, we ask God. We bring our needs before him. We pray for other people. And that's a general guideline for how we pray. And so hope that's helpful. Hope that's something that you can, you can and will take and, and, and apply. But that's what we're doing when we pray. We're relating to God, coming face to face with Him and making our requests to Him along with that. So that's the second principle. Here's the third. That we are to pray through the direction and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We're to pray through the direction and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's go back to verse 18, and, and notice what he says here. We're just breaking down, uh, looking at these verses of Scripture. So, in, in verse 18, he says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication. What's the next phrase? In the Spirit. Now, you know, what, what's that mean? Well, it, it literally means uh, in the sphere of the Spirit or under the direction and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. In the spirit, sphere of the Spirit, under the direction and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So, uh, let me show you how this works biblically. Uh, go in your Bible or look on the screen. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. And I want you to look at a couple of very important verses about prayer there. Romans 8, 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us In our weaknesses. Well, what's our weaknesses? Well, here's one. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. You ever feel that way? We don't. You see, here's one of the keys to prayer, especially having our prayers answered. If the Spirit is leading us as we pray, leading us in what we pray, God is going to answer that prayer at some point. Now, the thing is, a lot of times, we're just praying for what we want. It's a part of what prayer is, listen, is learning what God wants. It's listening. It's letting God speak to us through his word. Because, you know, the Bible tells us when we pray according to the will of God, the things that we pray for are going to happen. But a lot of times, we're praying according to our own will and not God's will. A lot of times, we think prayer is trying to get God to do my will, when really prayer is about me surrendering to God's will. It's letting the Holy Spirit have control. So he says, if We do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Not only is Jesus interceding for us, the Holy Spirit is interceding for us. And, and let me just throw this out here, too. Uh, sometimes people misinterpret this verse and talk about it, you know, being praying in tongues or having some kind of private prayer language. Or, that's not what the Bible's saying here. Now, you may pray in tongues and you know, be well-intentioned, and we're not going to make an issue out of that. But it's not what the, Bi- that's not what the Bible teaches. It, it's not saying we, it's not talking about us speaking. It's talking about the Spirit speaking on our behalf. This doesn't say anything about us speaking in tongues. Uh, you know, spiritual gifts, the Bible says, are given for the edification of the body of Christ. They're not for personal use. But anyway, that's just an aside. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind uh, of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So, we're talking about letting the Spirit lead us when we pray. Now, I mean, what does this mean for us, and what does this look like practically? Well, think about what the Bible says. Ephesians 5.18 says, Don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. We won't take the time to read the passage, but Galatians 5.16-26 tells us to walk in the Spirit. And so what these verses are saying is it's saying that we're to live under the control of the Holy Spirit. And so one of the most important things we can pray is, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. God, guide me by your Spirit. You know, how are we filled with the Spirit, Controlled by the Spirit? It's when we come to the place of saying, God, forgive me my sins. We confess our sins because you've got to get clean to be filled. When we come to a place of, of surrender saying, you know, God, take control of me. You know, I don't want my will. I don't want to do it my way. Lord, you be in control. You guide me. You strengthen me. You give me wisdom. God, I can't do this. Live through me. Empower me. It, enable me. And, and that's one of the most important prayers that we can pray. I, I think it's foundational to all the other prayers that we do pray. Because if the Spirit of God is in control of us and and He's working in us and through us and changing us, then, you know, we're going to be praying for the kind of things that God wants and desiring those kind of things. And and He's going to be working in us and making us more and more of who He wants us to be. See, here's the thing. A lot of times what we're looking for when we pray is we're looking for God to work for us or maybe God to work through us. But the reality is that usually God is going to work in us before he works for us and before he works through us. So, and let me just kind of show you how that works biblically. Look at at Ephesians 3.20. And, you know, this is a well-known verse, often quoted verse. It's it's a verse a lot of times when we claim this verse when we want God to do something, right? And, and, And I can't. I don't understand, and sometimes you know, I, I've wrestled with and had questions and maybe even doubt because you know, I prayed for things I thought would be God's will. Maybe I claimed this first, and it hasn't happened yet anyway. And, and so and I, sometimes I don't know the explanation, but sometimes I do know the explanation because we focus on the first part of the verse and miss something at the end of the verse. So, so I want you to, to, to look at this verse. Uh, look at what it says. Let, let's read it together if we could. Now, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now, we like that, right? We, we like that promise. We, we need something, right? You, you're praying for uh, a girlfriend or you're praying for a husband. This is God what I want, but why don't you give me something above and beyond whatever I can ask or think, Right? I I need a raise. God, give me something above and beyond what I could ever ask or or, or, or think. Right? Uh, That that all sounds good. But look at the next phrase. It says, according to the power that works in us. Now, who's the power that works in us as believers? The Spirit of God. Now here's the point that I want to make and I think this is if you get one thing out of this message I think this would be the thing that I hope you to get I hope you get. A lot of times in our lives we're asking God for things and we're not getting them. We 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 want more or we're like, you know, why isn't God using me more? Why aren't these things happening? Why aren't things changing? Why isn't why, why isn't God answered this prayer? It's according to the power in us. If we're quenching the Spirit of God in our lives, I don't know how much we should expect God to be answering our prayers. If we're not truly surrendered to Christ and we're living according to our own agenda, God's not going to bless our agenda. I, I believe, I don't know if I can absolutely prove this biblically, but I believe that part of God's discipline in the life of believers believer is unanswered prayers. Um... If we're quenching the spirit of God uh, by having unconfessed sin in our life, God wants to deal with that before he wants to, uh, you know, give us all these things that we want. Listen, you know, if we're running from God, you know, when, when I was running from God, when he was calling me to preach, I didn't want to pray because what I wanted to talk about and what God wanted to talk about were two completely different things. So if we're not surrendered to him, if, we're, if there's unconfessed sin in our life, if we're quenching the spirit of God, we're hindering our prayer lives. I mean, that's part of the implication of this. See, here's the thing. The way God works, God can just, boom, do whatever. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need our prayers. He doesn't need Anything. But for whatever reason, he's chosen to work, in many cases, through the faith, the obedience, the prayers of his people. Right? I mean, Scripture teaches us that. But but here's the thing we got to get. A lot of times, we are part of the answer to our own prayers. I, I, I mean, think about it. You're praying for your marriage to improve. Just because you pray a prayer probably is not going to fix your marriage. Maybe what would be a part of fixing your marriage would be uh, confessing some things you've done wrong, apologizing, asking for forgiveness, forgiving, going seeing a counselor, having a date, stopping yelling at each other, uh, on and on and on. Maybe our prayer should be, instead of fix my marriage, God, change me. God, give me the grace to forgive. God, help me to be more disciplined with my schedule so I'm spending time with my wife. Uh, Help me to take that step of going and seeing a counselor. Does that make sense well, you know with their kids if like God changed my kids, well, you know. Maybe we need to spend more time with their kids. Maybe we need to discipline them differently, train them differently. Maybe we need to be praying uh, in, in a different way. They say, God, I need some faith. God, give me faith. I, I need, you know, help in dealing with this. Well, do you ever open the Bible? Because faith uh, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It, it, sometimes uh, we, we just treat God the wrong way. I mean, we're, we're, we just throw up this little prayer and like, uh, God, why aren't you coming through now? It's not that simple, folks. I mean, it could be, but God is more interested in what's happening within us than he is in the circumstances of our lives. That's part of the reason why we have trouble with prayer because usually prayer is about making our circumstances better. uh, For God, prayer is ultimately about making us more like Jesus. And so, you know, this can apply in a lot of different... You pray, God... Improve my health. Well, maybe part of the answer to the prayer is going to the doctor, getting off the couch, going to the gym, and stop, stopping eating this, that, or the other. Right? Usually we're a part of the answer to our prayers. So where is it that we're resisting Christ? Where is it there's unconfessed sin? Where is it that we're quenching the Spirit of God? Where, you know, where is it that we're not experiencing everything God has for us? Because the Spirit's not in control in our lives. You want to see your life transform. You want to see your prayer life transform. Make it your prayer every day. God, fill me with your Spirit. God, forgive me my sins. God, take control of me. God, guide me, enable me, empower me, help me by your Spirit. And I stop trying to live in our own strength and wisdom and live in the wisdom and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's revival. That's transformation. That's how we live the Christian life life. And then uh, the last principle then, at at the end of verse 18 and verses 19 and 20, and I'm just going to kind of touch on this. We are to pray for other believers and for the advancement of the gospel. We're to pray for other believers and for the advancement of the gospel. So think of prayer like this. Remember, it's pros. It's face-to-face. So prayer, God... But it's supplication, it's me asking, it's me, but it's also we. It's praying for other people, not just me. I mean, look at what he says here at the, at the end of verse 18, into these other verses. Um, he, he says, uh, he's talking about praying persistently with perseverance. He says, and supplication for all the saints. We pray for each other. Our fellow believers. Does that mean every Christian in the world? I guess you could take it that way. I would assume, though, he was writing this to a church at Ephesus. They didn't have, you know, communication with people outside of that. I think a good way to apply is we pray, you know, for our fellow believers in the local church. You know, a, a great way to, a great starting place for this. Just pray for the people in your small group. I mean, you know, if, if we just if everybody in a small group is praying for the people in their group on a consistent basis. That's going to cover a lot of the church in prayer, right there. You know, pray for the leaders of the church. You know, there's no certain guideline, but we're to pray for each other, but not just for that. But Paul says, pray for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. We're to pray for the spread of the gospel. I encourage you to have a list of people that you know that you're concerned about who aren't Christians and pray for their salvation on a regular basis. Uh, Pray for your church leaders. Pray for missionaries. Pray for our work in Honduras. Pray for God to call out laborers into his harvest. I mean, you know, uh, write things down because, you know, a, a good pen's better than a bad memory every day of the week, right? And, and, and most of us are of an age where we need that kind of assistance. Or, you know, don't, don't, you don't have to be a pen. Like in the, in the notes program on my iPhone, I've got a list uh, of people that I pray for for their salvation. You can use something like that. But, you know, you can do things like that to help and, and guide you in uh, your prayer life. So, God... Me, we. We're we're, we're to pray for each other. So, if we, you know, want to have an effective prayer life, it's got to be consistent. Got to be a priority in our lives. So, once again, is prayer a top priority or is it a last resort for you? Think of prayer face-to-face relating to coming into the presence of God. We come a little child, just like Aenea, talking about how great God is. And, and I think my favorite thing about that, I just love the wonder in her voice when she talked about Jesus rising from the dead. We lose that. I mean, I, I want to have that. We, you know, we're so intellectual and, and, you know, cynical as adults. The faith of a child coming uh, to our Father and, and then, you know, sharing our, our needs with Him. But it's asking the Spirit to fill us, to help us, to guide us, and it's praying for other people. We can do that. So will we make it a commitment, Will we make it a priority in our lives, We you get plugged into a small group to have a group of people to pray with to, to learn more uh, uh, about this, if you're not a Christian, the Bible says in Romans 10, 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I encourage you to pray, to talk to him and admit to him that you're a sinner. But that you believe in Jesus, you believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he came and he died for your sins in your place, that he rose from the dead, and you know that, that salvation is not in you, it's in him, and to ask him to save you, ask him to forgive you, ask him to come into your life, make you new, to give you a relationship with God. That's your first prayer, and I encourage you to pray that today as an expression of your faith. You're Christian, but you've not been walking in the Spirit. You're quenching the Spirit in your life. You're not really surrendered uh, to Christ. You're living uh, according to your own agenda and not His. Today, we pray a prayer of surrender. We ask Him to forgive you. Recommit yourself to Him. Ask the Spirit of God to fill you.